Justice Gorsuch has the opinion of the Court in Case 17-530, Wisconsin Central versus United States. During the Great Depression, railroad pension funds reached the brink of insolvency. At that time, railroads employed large numbers of Americans and provided services vital to the nation's commerce. To address the emergency in a vital industry, Congress adopted the Railroad Retirement Tax Act of 1937. That legislation federalized private railroad pension plans and remains in force today. Under the law's terms, private railroads and their employees pay a tax based on employees' incomes. In return, the federal government provides employees a pension often more generous than the Social Security system supplies employees in other industries. Our case arises from a peculiar feature of the statute. At the time of the Act's adoption, railroads compensated employees not just with money, but with food, lodging, railroad tickets, and the like. Because railroads typically didn't count these in-kind benefits when calculating an employee's pension on retirement, neither did Congress in its new statutory scheme. Nor did Congress seek to tax these in-kind benefits. Instead, it limited its taxes to the money employees received. And it's that limitation that poses today's question. To encourage employee performance and align incentives, some railroads have, like employers in many other fields, adopted employee stock option plans. The government argues that these stock options are money. The railroads and their employees reply that stock options aren't money at all and remind us that when Congress passed the Act, it sought to mimic existing industry pension practices that generally took no notice of these in-kind benefits. Who has the better of it? Our job as judges, of course, is to interpret the words consistent with their ordinary meaning at the time that Congress enacted the statute. And when Congress adopted the Act in 1937, money was ordinarily understood to mean currency issued by a recognized authority as a medium of exchange. And given that, it seems pretty obvious to us that stock isn't money. While stock can be bought or sold for money, few of us buy groceries or pay rent or value goods or services in terms of stock. Good luck, too, trying to convince the IRS to treat your stock options as a medium of exchange at tax time. The broader statutory context leads us to the same conclusion as the immediate statutory text. The 1939 Internal Revenue Code, adopted just two years later, also treated money and stock as different things. That's not all. The same Congress that enacted the Railroad Retirement Tax Act also enacted a companion statute, the Federal Insurance Contributions Act, to fund Social Security pensions for employees in other industries. And while the act before us taxes only money, FICA taxes apply much more broadly, targeting any remuneration paid in cash or, quote, in any medium other than cash. What does the government have to say in response? It concedes that money often means a commonly accepted medium of exchange, but it submits the term can carry a much more expansive meaning, too. At least sometimes, the government says, money can mean anything that can be converted into money. But while the term money might sometimes be used in this somewhat circular and much more expansive way, that isn't how the term was ordinarily used at the time of the act's adoption or even is today. Baseball cards, final records, fidget spinners all have value expressible in terms of money. Even that priceless Picasso has a price. 
Really, almost anything can be reduced to a value expressible in terms of money. But in ordinary usage, does money mean almost everything? The government supplies no persuasive proof that Congress sought to invoke that rather idiosyncratic definition. And if Congress had really thought everything is money, why did it take pains to differentiate between money and stock in the Internal Revenue Code in 1939? Why did it so carefully distinguish between money and the Act and all remuneration in FICA? And wouldn't the government's everything-is-money interpretation encompass railroad tickets, food and lodging, exactly the sort of in-kind benefits we know the Act was written to exclude? These questions the government cannot answer. For these reasons and more explained in our opinion today, we conclude pretty simply that money is money and stock is stock. The judgment of the Seventh Circuit is reversed. The case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. Justice Breyer has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan have joined.